Welcome to the Tulumininia podcast, presenting stories from the women living in Tulum, Mexico. Be inspired by their life in the jungle, find out what makes Tulum so unique and get to know the favorite places of the locals. Hola y bienvenidos to another episode of the Tulumininia podcast. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Today you will get to know a woman of Tulum who is a real doer. Anna Solis is part of two inspiring projects for kids and creates new and fun ideas for events to enrich the community on the go. So let's do this. Thank you, Anna, for your time. I am so happy to have you in the podcast today. Ah, I'm so excited too. That was such a nice intro. Thank you. <laughs> Thank It's going to be you. awesome. I wore my Hawaiian shirt for this. Awesome. I'm ready. Yeah, it looks very, very tropical. I love it. I got it at the grocery store. So if you're looking for local fashion tips, I got you too. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Great. So let's directly dive into your life here yeah. in Tulum. And I know that you are a great storyteller. So please tell us what is your story connected to Tulum? How yeah. did you move here? Oh, I moved here by accident. So my idea when I finished, I finished college and I got this really awesome volunteer job that turned into a real job working in the mountains of Colorado. And that was kind of my first taste of like working on a project and then having it be done and wrapped up and having some months free and, and taking that opportunity to travel. So I was like, okay, like once this project is done, done, like I'll find another one. But in the in between, I'll do some traveling. I'll do go backpacking in Chile. That was the idea. I was like, gonna go up the mountains and camp and do all of these things. But I forgot that it would be winter and that I would die. And so in that, I already had a ticket to Cancun to visit my aunt and my cousin who lived out here. They had been living out here for a couple years. And I was trying to find this job, but like nothing was working. I wasn't getting like, you know, just super entry level jobs. I was like, no, like I, I want something more. I want something that is challenging, that will teach me, that I will love. So I was like, screw it. I'll just move to Tulum. Like I didn't know anything about the tourism. I didn't know anything about the people. I, I knew nothing, literally nothing. I like looked at the map and I was like, yay, like I'll live close to the beach. And because um, at that point I was commuting, it was like two to three hours in the car a day to get to work. Um, because I wanted to save money so that I could travel. So I was living at home with my parents and I was like, no, I want a place where I could walk or bike everywhere, where I know people. Um, and Tulum just happened to be that. But when I moved here, I know that sounds like a super happy, like la la la. But when I moved here, it was so hard. I, I, I'm Mexican and I grew up speaking Spanish, but only to my parents. So my Spanish was very like structured, very, you know, it wasn't, I didn't feel like the language was mine. It felt like it belonged to someone else and I was just kind of speaking it as a foreigner, speaking it as, it, it, it didn't feel connected to me. And so I was working at this tour shop because I found this awesome job or I thought it was going to be this awesome job, which it ended up being, but in a very different way. Um, I wanted a tour guide and they only had um, administration positions available. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take it. And so I was working in an office with really cool people, but they would go out on the tours and I would stay in the office. And so I got to go out sometimes and I got to do a little bit of guiding, but not like to the, like to the extent that I wanted to. So I was doing a lot of stuff in the office and, you know, a little lonely meeting only tourists because I moved here during high season. It was like one of the big, bigger, first bigger high seasons that we've had, January of 2017. Mm -hmm. So that's when things really in Tulum kind of like started to take off um, more than, more than in previous years. And so I was just having a really hard time. I, I, you know, I, when low season hit, I wasn't 
ready for it. I wasn't ready for just like the shift in being busy all of the time and working 10, 12 hours a day to just nothing, you know? Um, and in all of that, um, that's where I was, I was, it was a pretty low moment, honestly, because I was, I didn't have a lot of savings because I didn't know about all of this low season and in that, and I moved here in January and in late February, early March, I started a babysitting agency, uh, with my cousin. Uh, it's because I'd always loved kids. I'd worked at camps. I'd worked as an au pair. Like I loved it. I've loved kids. Uh, my brother has autism. And so I grew up accidentally learning techniques of how to like mitigate frustration and how to deal with kids when they're angry or how to like ease transitions because they were just a part of my life, you know, because that's, that's what my family did. And that's how, that's how we worked. And so this job, I got really lucky at the tour company because one day I got to go um, on a business meeting to a business meeting to La Cebra. If anyone knows La Cebra, they know that's like one of the most family friendly hotels in all of Tulum, basically the most like percentage of children is, is crazy compared to the other hotels. And I go to this meeting and I see all these kids. And I was like, wow. And when I drive back with my boss and I'm sitting and there, he's talking to the other people in the shop and la la la. And I'm just kind of sitting. And for some reason, and I still don't understand why. Out loud, I said like, oh, it'd be really cool to start a babysitting agency. And I didn't even notice that I had said it out loud until he turned around, he looked at me and pointed his finger at me and said, yes, do it. And I'm always so grateful for that moment, you know? And so I try to be that moment for other people because just in him saying, yes, do it, and not like, oh, but this, and oh, you don't have this, like you don't have transportation, or you don't know people, or you, like honestly, like I hadn't really even like held a baby, like, you know what I mean? Like that's where my cousin, so I ended up doing the business with my cousin and she taught me all of the things I would need to be super successful with infants. And now I'm like, oh my God, babies, like give me babies. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> but that moment was really special because it was like, yeah, do it. Awesome. And so now I like, that was four years ago. And so now I look at pictures, like I have like a picture of a piece of paper where I sketched out like the flyer, you know, and a piece of paper where I sketched out like what the website would look like or uh, my about me or, you know, what I would charge and how I would get there. And to just be on the other side of like, hey, I've run this, this business for four years and this is how I make my money here. This is like my primary job and it gives me so much flexibility um, in my time. And I've gotten to meet the most amazing families. Like you have no idea the people, like the quality of the people that I get to meet because of the quality that I offer and, and the connections that I've made with these families and their kids is, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, when I'm, that, that all sounds like nice and lovely, but when I'm sitting in like July of 2017 with not a lot of savings with a business that like it started and it was doing it was doing okay for like a side business and then just to have all the families leave during low season and the tour company kind of you know end and to be at home and to realize like I didn't really make any friends and I didn't have you know I was so used to I went to I went to UCLA which is a, a pretty prestigious university in the United States and in that, um, I mention it because that is an atmosphere of you always work, you always do, you're always studying, you're always busy, you always like, da, 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 you know? And to all of a sudden have this moment of like, I have nothing to do and no one to do things with and, and to be really, really lonely, really, really lonely and to be able to kind of sit in that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so this tour company brought me another thing that was very magical. So first it brought me the inspiration to, or like the permission 
I guess I do. I say that in air quotes. The permission to do things, because I feel like so many times we get bogged down by the reasons not to do something. And and if you tell someone that maybe has like a super intense nine to five and is successful in their career and think that this is how you do things, if you tell them like, hey, like I want to move to Tulum and do this podcast, or I want to you know travel, or I want to quit my job, or I want to you know. Like, I want to adopt a dog. I want to have a baby. I want to... Everything, everything. Someone's always going to have an opinion. Someone's always going to have an opinion and they're going to... And because they love you, they might tell you the reasons why not to do something because they're scared. They're scared for them and they're scared for you. But when you meet people that you tell them, like, hey, I have this idea, and they say, yes! Like, do it. Like, how can I help? Like, what do you need? You know? I'm, I'm so grateful that I, I had that. And so I try to be that person for other people. Like, obviously, like, if someone comes to me with a project that I'm like, oh, God, like, you know, but I, I am very careful to never, to always, always be like, okay, like, cool. Like, what, you know, what, what are your plans? Like, how can you grow this? And to help them think in a way that it's like, oh, I could also, I could also add this component or this component or another. And, and you can see in, in like my friends, when I help them with things like that, like they start to flourish and they, you know, and so in this moment of extreme loneliness and extreme isolation, I guess, and extreme questioning as to why I had moved here, I quit my job uh, or I moved part-time at the tour company, which was a really big deal for me, really big deal, because even though I wasn't making a lot of money with them, it was stable, super stable work. And in the low season, when there's no work anywhere else to have a job that was paying me and to say like, Hey, I want to, I want to go to part-time, you know, because I, I still really liked it, but it wasn't giving me the time that I wanted because I moved to Tulum for my time. And in all of that, it was this crazy coincidences where I, I got offered to do, to be like the second assistant guide on a tour, like a big tour that got sent to us through a concierge service called Front Desk. It, it doesn't exist anymore, but Front Desk, um, had worked with our company um, pretty directly and I was the person in charge of answering all of the emails directly from, from this company. And there was a woman named Vicky who I'd been in constant email contact with since January. Like, this is, this is June. And so I never met her, but we were talking. And one of the people on this tour accidentally left their glasses, their sunglasses. And I just happened, happened to be working one of the shifts, you know, super part-time during low season. I happened to be working and Vicky walks in. I'm like, oh, hi, you know, we start to talk and this or that. And I mentioned that I have this babysitting agency and she goes, oh, you like children? And I say, yeah, 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 I love kids. She's like, you should come see this project that I'm a part of. And I was like, okay. And in this moment I was like, I, I didn't have any excuses because I had no friends. I had all this time. I, I had nothing, like, you know, nothing else to do. And I show up at this project and this project is called Los Amigos de la Esquina. Um, but this project works with local kids, um, local native kids, teaching and doing workshops on art, well-being, and environmental consciousness. And when I got there, I felt like this wave, you know? Like, I got paired with these, these two kids. Um, they're twins, and their mom called them a twin, you know? And they would shuffle between, like, shoving other children and then trying to kiss them and then tackling them and then laughing and dancing and I felt so unprepared and I felt I couldn't understand what they were saying because the accent is a little different and I was so used to like only speaking to my parents 
so I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't know how to give them options of like auto regulation. I, I, you know, and I left Liskina and everyone else had gotten paired with these like these kids and they were like, oh, like they're so lovely and magical. And I was like, ah, ah. And I was so sure that I would never come back, never come back. There was another girl there who I happened to know and she was like, take pictures of me. Like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to come every day. And, and one of the founders was explaining, you could be a team member or a committee member or just, you know, someone that comes. And I was like, mm-hmm. And I just like backed up. I like backed up. I didn't tell anyone my name, didn't give my phone number, nothing. And then I went to go get tacos. And I sat with my mom and I told her like, I don't know what happened, but I need to go back because, um, I I knew that I could be better. I knew that if something makes you uncomfortable, it's an opportunity to grow your comfort zone. I talk a lot about that versus like going out of your comfort zone because what's the point of that? Like you go out, then you come back in. You want to grow your comfort zone, you know? And that was four years ago uh, when I went back to my, like I cried to my mom and I went back and and now I'm there, we, we, when I was there, we did projects two times a week, two, two activities a week. Now we're there six days a week. We do about 20 activities a week, 20, with outings and everything. And just last week, we inaugurated a two-story community center. Because for four years, we worked with first snow benches and a tree, then one bench, and then that one broke. And we had a group donate two benches, so two benches and a tree on a plot of land that was an abandoned, an abandoned lot. And now we have a two-story community center and 50 of the most incredible kids you, you'll ever meet. You'll ever meet these kids, these kids. They're, they're next level. And I get to be with them and, and I get to say like, hey, who wants to play basketball and have like a whole team of like 20 kids show up like 10 minutes later? Like, to go to play basketball and take them bird watching and we go to cenotes and they learn art and they do yoga better than I could ever expect to do yoga in my whole life and um, I get to be a part of a community. I, my best friends have come from Lesquina, the people that I've met, I met you through through Lesquina. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. You know, because I feel like it's it's a magnet, you know, it attracts the type of people that that have the same values as I do, that have the same priorities, that have the same... Um, desires to to do things you know and so it's been just this really really awesome center for me it's very grounding mm -hmm. very 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 grounding wow. to be a part of something so so magical wow 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 I can just say wow because thank you so much for sharing your story there's so much in that yeah. already I I would like to go back a little bit and ask you some things about yeah. what you just said your story connected to Tulum you came here without knowing the place just um, heard about it through your aunt and yeah. uncle uh, had no idea what you're gonna do here yeah. no job nothing nope. you just decided to move here four years ago and then you worked at this tour company in a job you actually didn't want it to do, really? Yeah, it was like close uh, enough to what I kind of maybe wanted to do. Yes. I was like, and the other big perk was that it was three minutes walking from my house oh, compared awesome. to three hours commuting. And I was like, yes, I'll take it. Yeah, that, wow. That's a, that's a good enough reason to do <laughs> Good to enough do reason it. to do anything. Yes. And then they were like, I, I, as I heard, like, two key moments in your low of the low season yeah. in the summer 
where you felt lonely and, and a little lost, right? The moment where your boss said, just do it, do, yeah. op, do, do the babysitting agency. And the moment when this girl lost her sunglasses and came back to the tour office to get it and then talk yeah. to you about like, the Los Amigos del I scheme. Yeah, like, right? like kids, like, do you want to be a part of this? Like, do you want to come? And, and I've used that same line so many times. I've used that, I've copied it, like, like, oh, you like kids. Come, like, you should come here. Yeah, and who says no to it? Yeah. You like kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and um, so these key moments, um, would you say that this is like, a lot of people talk when they talk about Tulum, about the magic of Tulum. Would you say these moments were these magical moments Tulum gives you? Or, or how would you describe them? I think... Tulum makes them more obvious, but if you really think like uh, like the reason I, I was working I, w I work, worked as a research uh, research assistant in in Colorado in the Rocky Mountains, and that job came from another moment, you know. But Tulum has this way of accelerating things, right? Because if I was still living in LA and I decided, oh, I want to start a babysitting agency, it's like, all right, cool. There's already 50 that you're competing against. And, uh, you know, and you're trying to do this and that or like, oh, I want to volunteer more, but I work at a nine to five and I'm exhausted and I commute for three hours a day. Like, when am I going to volunteer on my Saturdays and Sundays when I have to do errands, when I, you know, want to see my friend. Mm -hmm. And so I think Tulum like plants this little seed of magic and then it's kind of up to you how you want to accept them. Mm -hmm. Because I think so many people are, are given opportunities or given moments or given choices and just because they're so busy yeah. it doesn't work yeah, that's a very very cool insight also right because Tulum still is this virgin place exactly, in, yeah. yeah because there are not so many babysitting agencies yeah, yet totally. it's yours is the, was the um, first, there's another right? one there's another one yeah, yeah. Um, and so but that was just kind of like okay cool like there's enough there's enough kids for two agencies five eight like uh, you know and now I'm like oh cool like I love my agency. It's mine. You know, it's called Anana Babysitting. If anyone has children, <laughs> um, it, it's really, really fun, and it just get you know. And because of this, because of this agency, when high season started back up again, instead of going back and working full time at the tour company, I kind of work part time. I work in the shop sometimes. I help with tours sometimes, but I mostly babysit. You know, I'm like 90% of my work is babysitting. 99. But then all of the free time I have, I go to La Esquina. And I just, I, I do activities with the kids. And what an awesome setup, you know, yeah. that, that I could do a job that I love that can be super, super intense. But then, it, you know, super intense for a week, a family that wants me all the time. And then it's done. And I go and I get to hang out with the kids yeah. and learn from them and do things with them and then bring that back to babysitting and practice those things and just a full kind of cycle of, of really awesome ways to spend my time I feel super yeah. super cool and of course I will put um, all these infos in the show notes so that people of course can Excellent. also find your babysitting agency and also the organization we're talking about yes. all the time which is called again Los Amigos de la Esquina which means the, the friends of, of the corner right or, yeah. um, and when we talk about it we sometimes say just La Esquina so la that esquina. the people know when we talk about this now we will say La Esquina so it's gonna be it's, it's, we're talking about the project exactly right? and the reason for the name was because at the beginning it was just the neighborhood kids that would come because that's how 
they started, you know, the neighborhood kids started to come when the founders, well, the founders would go and the idea was for them to build Airbnbs and to do all of these things. But when they showed up, the kids were curious. So they came over like, hey, like, what are you doing? Like, can I help? And that, that's how Esquina started. That, that's how it started, just kids coming over from their own curiosity. So they would tell like their families, like, bye, mom, like, I'm going to the corner, I'm going to Esquina. So that was the name. So the space is Esquina and the association is Los Amigos de Esquina. And that's where we, you know, incorporate all of the activities that we do, the mural paintings, the outings, the psychologists, the, yeah, all of that is a bigger picture. But it's like Esquina is, yeah, that's yeah. how we, that's how we refer to it, just kind of. Well, I love it because <laughs> I didn't know this fact about it that actually the kids um, founded the, the, uh, the 100%, project. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like the kids founded the project. Like the community center exists because the kids, um, and they show up. Like they love it, you know. And and recently, like we started to hear and say, like, oh yeah, like my second home, you know. And, and I was just like, yes, because it's my second home too, you know. Um, like they love us as much as we love them and that i think is is magic and i think that that is some of the magic of tulum yeah that maybe you don't see everywhere else absolutely um, and i have so many questions about yeah. this. but uh, <laughs> first first uh, going back again to your uh, babysitting agency mm -hmm. so um there um do you take care of children mostly from uh, travelers yes. that come here mm -hmm. or also people from like that live in tulum we we work with exclusively tourists um and that is on purpose because my time i want to give to the kids at esquina and so i would rather work with tourists and maybe work less maybe work fewer hours um but my time is mine and i give it all back to like yeah you know like today i was like okay i'm gonna be there at 4 30 and i'll be there until at least eight you know and you're gonna come and do some bodega work so i'll be there even earlier you know um and i love that mm -hmm. i love 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 that beautiful mm -hmm. and la esquina is um like exclusively for kids from tulum who live in tulum local kids no that's the awesome so we work our goal is to empower kids that's it empower kids right now yeah like we work more exclusively with the native community but the idea is to be a bridge right because the way we see it is that like sometimes people say like oh i want my kids to be exposed to other realities or i want to help needy children it's like no <laughs> we empower kids like my kids oh my god they are independent they're resourceful they're intelligent they're so generous so 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 generous naturally You know, and I was like, if you want and you want your kids to come and learn, learn that and be in an environment where that is the norm, welcome, you know, because, yeah, we have some kids maybe from people who live here who run businesses or digital nomads and things like that would be really awesome. And the, the way, reason we're working to be a bridge is because in the end, yes, kids with more resources will grow up to already have more resources. We, we know that we know that privilege exists, right? But when it comes time for them to hire managers, to hire staff, to, you know, do all these things, if they see the kids that live here when they grow up as their equals, as their friends, as their partners, then that's where we start to talk about, like, wages that are livable, like, amazing wages. That's when we start to talk about respect. That's when we start to talk about community. That's when, you know, and so we're in this for the long, this is a long haul. This is a long haul mission, but, like, Kids from everywhere, we just had our fourth anniversary and kids from all over the town, people that lived here, people that are traveling, you know, came and 
And it didn't matter. It didn't matter where you come from, where you live, what language you speak, because the kids don't care. I've never met anyone that cares less about your social, economic, language. Like, they don't care at all. They're like, hey, do you want to play? Like, if you're cool and want to play, like, done. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really cool to see more people, especially after everything um, in this last year, to have more digital nomads moving out here and having people, you know, like, we talk about, we work, yes, with vulnerable children. But right now, every child is vulnerable. Every child has had a situation where they're at home for months, you know, where they haven't been able to interact with other kids and all of these things. And so, yes, my children are vulnerable in one way. But every kid is vulnerable. Every adult is vulnerable. It doesn't matter where, where you come from. Like, you and I, you know, we know each other's stories. We know, like, hey, it's nice to just have a place where none of that matters. Where you just come and are yourself. And I always tell people, like, what do you love to do? What do you love to do? And bring that and do that to Lesquina. So like Marietta loves to organize warehouses. So guess what we did last week, you know? And it was awesome. And the kids show up and they help and they, you know, because they, they see, Tulum I think is that. Like when something is in motion, you can't stop it. You know, and Lesquina right now is just like a train just moving like with this, I think, potential to change the way we see community service in Tulum, the way we see local communities, the way we interact, just to be be that connector, you know? Mm -hmm. um, because everyone that comes, like you just come and do what you love and what, what's more pure than that? Yeah, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's the connection to the next question I have. So you said like, whatever you love to do you can bring to the esquina yeah. meaning meaning adults right yeah so so how does that work so uh, is it it's not a school it's a community center mm -hmm. right where where the children are invited to come and uh, participate in different activities yeah. right so and the activities are made and shared by adults who mm -hmm. have a passion let's say it's a dance teacher or yoga exactly. teacher Uh, or an art uh, teacher and they come and they set up a schedule and, and a class for the kids and the, the kids are just coming and can join for free. Yep, exactly like that. And so here's what's really cool because yes, we do everything on basis of art, well-being and environmental consciousness, right? But here's the kicker, right? To me, well-being is playing basketball, doing science experiments, um, going to the beach, uh, you know, uh, riding our bikes. To other people, well-being is doing yoga and doing art and things like that. And so in these, in these three pillars, you can fit everything, right? Environmental consciousness, going birding, right? That's how we met. We were going birding with kids. Yes, this is how we met. You know, and we take the kids to the cenotes and we take them to the beach. Like we had so many kids that were born in Tulum and had never been to the beach, yeah. you know? Um, and so that like we're a physical bridge, but also an emotional bridge, a connecting, a connecting force. And so when I say like, bring what you love to do, like when I, I, I volunteered at Esquina for a month, just helping, supporting, existing. After the glasses moment. After the glasses moment. And the founder, Claudia, she said, Hey, like, do you want to do an activity? And I, was, I remember being on the phone with her and just saying, but I don't know how to do anything. Like, that's what I answered her, you know? Like, all of this university education, all these travels around the world, blah, 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 to just say, like, but I, I don't know how to do anything. Because I held myself to the standard of, if I'm not the absolute best in the whole world, it doesn't matter, and, it, and what I do doesn't matter. So, okay, I graduated not at the top of my class, so that means I don't know how to do science. Like, oh, I don't know how to do that, yeah, and I was so focused on all the things I didn't know, and 
But when I, I was like, okay, and I just kind of made a list of like, what do I like to do? And I was like, well, I like science. And so I just did a science experiment with them. You know, and I showed up and it was so funny because it's four years ago. And the experiment was to take a plastic water bottle, put some vinegar in it, and to take a balloon and put some baking powder in it. So when you put the balloon on top, the baking powder falls down and the balloon um, expands with the, with the gas. Super cool, super practical. And I remember like that day I did a trip to the grocery store to buy things and moving all around and this or that. And I remember I got there and I was like, everyone's gonna bring a piece of paper and we're gonna have a science journal and we're gonna write down the methods and materials. And the kids raised their hand, they're like, I don't know how to read. I don't know how to write. And I was like, new plan. <laughs> You know, and I explain it. I remember having my cousin come and help me and all the kids like, okay, everyone wait your turn. Like, ah, no, wait, wait, ah, wait, 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 wait. And it worked. And when, when the kids did the experiment, like I remember this one little boy's face, just like his whole face, like radiated. And that feeling like that magic and seeing his face and seeing that moment, I was like, I'm going to do more of this. We're going to do this again, you know, and doing different things and bringing different parts and this or that. And then... For, uh, right before the construction started, the construction started in October, October, November, 2020. The new school the new building. School, the new school building. But I decided, I was like, you know what would be really cool to like redo this experiment as the last, the last activity we do before, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't use the space for those months. So we did everything at the park, you know, like we are a no excuses kind of, kind of organization. Like, all right, we don't have a space off to the park. Like, here we go, you know? And I told the kids, I was like, oh, like, do you guys want to do that experiment? They're like, yes. And by themselves, they're like, okay, we need vinegar. We need baking soda. We'll get the bottles from here. Oh, the baking soda costs this at the store. And I was like, I just like gave them a bill. And like five of them ran off in different directions. And they all came back with all of the things we were going to need. They all sat super calmly. One of them helped me. Like I didn't have to speak. I spoke, I spoke minimally because they remembered the steps, they remembered the process. They are super, super calm and patient and just waited for everyone to have their turn. And we did the whole thing in 10 minutes. And I was like, but I have an hour to fill, you know? Like four years ago, this was an hour. Four years ago, this was a production. Four years ago, I had to put all this work in four years. And here it was, oh, you did the experiment yourself. You remembered. We didn't need a science journal with materials and methods. We didn't need any of that because these kids remembered it. Before that, when you said like, I, I don't know how to, how to do anything yeah. and, and, and all this education you have, all this um, yeah, experiences you had in your life is, uh, made you, f although you had all this, didn't yeah, make you feel enough. And do you think that this is um, like also something that happens in our society, let's say in the first world countries, um, does it? Where does that come from? And where does it come from that here the children are, are yeah, like as you just described, they're just doing. They're yeah. just doing, not ask, asking to themselves too many questions. Yeah. Maybe like if you give these kids a problem, they'll find you a solution. That's it. Like I literally sometimes will yell out, "Children, like I have a problem. I need to accomplish this. Who can help me?" And all of a sudden you have 20 kids like running like. That example was when we needed a projector, we needed to put up the projector on a stand, but we didn't have a stand or a table. So I just kind of yelled that out. And then like a couple seconds, I had two buckets, um, a chair, and the projector was perfect because they figured it out, you know? When you grow up in a world um, that kind of gives you excuses and and gives you a lot of no's, and you, so like, 
you grow up in the U.S., right? And you, you have like the best schools, the best this, or even if your school isn't the best, the best classes or top of your grade, top of your class and this or that. Then you graduate and it's like, who has the best car? Who, you know, and like it becomes like a competition, like who spent the most time in traffic? Who works most hours? Who, you know? And you're always trying to... And so sometimes in this obsession, and you know, and if you're not the best, you know, like I, I was one of those kids that got straight A's and studied and just, yeah. But like, if you're not one of those kids, then all of a sudden you're like, you're dumb or you're not worth it. And now you're berated with that information day to day. Like, oh, you won't go to college or you won't go to the, the best, you won't go to the best college. You won't have the best opportunity. So no matter if you're a straight A student or you're like not doing so hot, you get the same message. That if you're not perfect, you're not good enough. And then unless you do go to the best, then your life isn't worth it, you know? Unless you have the most successful company, unless you have the most, the most, the most. Whew. And so when I came and it was like, I don't know how to do anything. It was because I had been rejected so many times from like an EMT program that I wanted to do. Rejected, rejected, rejected. Any club that I applied to, rejected because of my grades. Um, any organ, rejected, rejected. I, I, I came from doing so well in school and then really failing my first year of college and so it was like oh i want to go to medical school but like no they're going to reject me because when i was 17 for 10 months i decided to hang out with my friends more than studying 10 months 10 weeks 10 weeks of my life defined the rest of my college experience because i did so poorly and for years and years and years i hated myself for that because when i was 17 turning 18 for 10 weeks i decided that I, you know, I moved out, went to college and all these things. And now I look at my life and I've never been more grateful. I'm so grateful for that 17 year old turning 18 that went out with her friends and partied and experimented with drinking for the first time and like watched TV until all kinds of hours watching movies with my friends and eating at the dining hall and all of that. I am so grateful for that because every single moment that someone told me no in college and no, 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 no led me to the project in the mountains working with marmots, which are like groundhogs. Because in that moment, like every single time I got no, I got this one yes. And I was like, okay, like let me take this opportunity. And then took me out of the city, put me in like the middle of nowhere in the mountains and became addicted to this feel. You know, I love this feeling of being in the mountains, being in the, I'd never gone camping, I'd never gone hiking. And then to, to learn that feeling and to learn that like, I can do this, I can do this, I, I like this. I might not be the most adventurous, but look, I went on an adventure, you know? I might not have the best shoes, but I went hiking. I didn't have a backpack to go, I, I hiked in like a, a drawstring backpack up a mountain, you know? But none of that mattered. And I think when you, when you leave that reality that like being the best, having the most, getting the most expensive, the most intense, this, when you just kind of are who you are and you do your best. That like, okay, I am not the best with children. I am not the best storyteller. I am not the most knowledgeable biologist. I, I'm not the best in speaking Spanish, but find me someone else who really enjoys working with kids, who's good at it, who speaks both languages, who loves to tell them stories and do activities and go on adventures. Um, and has a passion for biology and for science. Exactly, it's all about passion. It's all right? about passion and finding like 
your place like what are you what brings you the most joy what brings you the most happiness what are you what makes you happy what do you come to Liskin and do what you love yeah so that's mm. also an invitation right yeah. to always an um, invitation yeah everybody who listens to this and coming to Tulum or already lives in Tulum and has a passion who she or he wants to share with the kids in Tulum. This is also, of course, always possible to come up with an idea. and Literally anything, like you, anything. We have done, one time a couple from Korea came and used like a hot plate to make them like Korean food. That was like top 10 activity for them. Like they still talk about it, you know? What do you think, how is life like for the children that grow up here in Tulum compared to, to maybe another place in the world? I think it's so it's so interesting because like sometimes if you might see it from an outside perspective be like oh but they live in a small house or this or, you know what I mean then you could see all the differences that maybe you think oh my life is better because I have this or you know and yeah there's some things that it's like hey I can help you solve like some basic problems that will increase quality of life you know but like when Lesquina started um, we would show up and the reason that the kids would come was because they would see someone in the space and that's how they knew that there was an activity starting because their parents weren't there being like, oh, it's six o'clock, time to go to the activity. It's like they would look out their windows and see and come down, you know? And so sometimes kids wouldn't come down. And one time I had, Luke, he was three or four at the time. Let's say four for the sake of the story. And he comes on his little tricycle and he goes, Anna. And I was like, Eric. He's like, do you want me to go get the other kids? And I was like, yes. And I had this four-year-old on a tricycle go around the block to knock on all the doors to bring me my other, to tell the other kids the things that started what yeah you know like that is independence that is so, like self-confidence that is a taking initiative that is seeing that seeing beyond you know i don't know a lot of american four-year-olds that are gonna like actually help an adult solve a problem you know by their own initiative this was all i wasn't like eddie please like i was just like hey like do you want me to go get the other kids yes please you know like yeah wow wow i have to say that's also like something that i mean really um surprised me uh, in a in a funny way when i go to the la esquina and then the kids the first thing after saying hi is do you need help yeah they ask do you need help uh, and wow i mean i personally haven't felt that like when i go join a group of kids in 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 my home country i don't yeah. know Yeah, because I feel like sometimes it's like, I feel like it's maybe the kids from other sides, like, how can you help me? Like, because we have kids that come and like, say we're giving gifts or anything. And they're like, ah, oh, but I wanted this gift. No, but I want to go first. Ah. And it's very, um, uh, I don't want to say self-absorbed, but yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's really great too, you know? It's really great to live in a, like, live in a household where it's like, you are the priority and, and, and you get the things that you want. And like, that's, that's also really awesome. And it has its perks, you know? And like, yes, I tell these stories with these kids, but yeah, those also have, you know, everything has a plus and minus. And um, something that my, my grandfather always said that like really resonates with me. It's like, everything is good in moderation. You know, fierce independence is amazing. But if that's all you do, then you can never ask for help. You know, if you're only ever thinking about yourself, you know, like being a little selfish, sometimes that's, that's really good. That's how you take care of yourself. That's how you, you make sure that you are safe. But if that's all you do, then that's when you start to have these like chokes, like these, these blocks with other people, you know? And so this is again, where we, we have this bridge 
like to teach a little bit of like not to to be able to stand firm in what you need and what you want and what you deserve but also to be flexible and and to be kind and to be generous and to look for uh, look at other people and how you can help them you know and so that's i think this balance that these two worlds sometimes when they collide sometimes they crash you know sometimes you see you see it happening and you see a kid that is throwing a tantrum because they didn't get how what they wanted in the moment that they wanted in the second that they wanted and you see our kids like my kids you know kind of maneuvering around that you know but you also see this other side where it's like oh hey cool like they can like this is an opportunity for my kids to also learn to like you know like take the risk and ask for what they want and you know maybe maybe we'll say no but maybe we'll say yes i was also just thinking about that the schools in mexico are still closed la esquina has more importance uh, than ever before um because I don't know how do you see that like the needs of kids like right now they are like this, yeah like yeah. the state of Mexico I don't know like well, how how do you see it is it enough are they doing enough or like what is happening here So I volunteered at the school for a little bit and I did not like what I saw you know so part of me is also like well <laughs> you know to get kind of out of that environment but I'm like but what environment are you replacing it for think that's where that's where the question is right so the kid was like we don't have school but is an environment in their home where things are healthy and calm and you know has family and you know cool but when there's economic hardships that's when you start to have other other things happening you know um so that's why i think it's so important like yes for people that want to come to Tulum and and help in Tulum but to kind of take the the energy of Lisquina and bring it back to like the communities where they live whether it be another place in Mexico or the US or Europe or anywhere because what we talked about all kids are vulnerable so right now at Lisquina yeah like we have stepped in to kind of fill this void and so the kids that come to us they get a different environment than what they would get in their schools or anything like that and right now we're looking for like people who want to be English teachers like long term for Lisquina to give a lot of continuity to those classes because Yeah, maybe we can't teach all of the things because we focus more on the soft skills and things like that. Um, you know, art well-being, environmental consciousness and all the self-regulation and and self-esteem and empowerment. Uh, but teaching things like English or someone wants to come and like teach reading and writing, that's also something that like those two skills like that will set them up for grand success, you know? We we've been doing English classes, but you know, when things are a little bit harder, the English teachers leave and you know, that that's kind of a problem with continuity. So, um kind of on that note, something that is interesting in Europe and the US, you could work at a nonprofit and everyone's like, "Cool. No one blinks an eye, no one says anything, no one, you know, you can make a, a life, you can make a career, you could live well, you could travel, you can save, you can retire working for a nonprofit." But in Mexico and Latin America, if you work for a nonprofit, oh, if it's not from the heart and for free, it doesn't count. And so that's something that like Fred and Jaime, the founders and the CEO, they they're really trying to change that. Because yes, Lisquina is private. And look at all the things that we've accomplished. To be perfectly honest, like we need funds. We have a two-story building and right now our extra income, like our extra wow, like after everything has been paid, la la la, is 500 pesos. That is $25. Yeah. To do all the extra things we wanted. Like, oh, can we take the kids to the beach right now? It's like, okay, a van would cost this. Then we don't have any money for the rest of the... That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. Because I know that there's people that want to help and can help. 
like that's how we can expand that to the rest of Mexico and the rest of the world and people that come and touch Lesquina and, and, and feel that magic and go back to where they're to where they come from or their families or anything like that and continue that same energy um, yeah yeah mm, that's wonderful and you said that although everything and the trying to touch that point more and more La Esquina is a train that's just running and just running right now and has accelerated so much and you um, celebrate the fourth birthday and yeah. the inauguration of the new school building. So how did that happen? Woof! That is a mission. We talked about what's the difference between like the kids here and kids elsewhere or all of these things. La Esquina exists because the kids exist. Los Amigos de La Esquina exist because the kids show up. It doesn't matter if I show up or the founders show up. It doesn't matter if the team... No. The kids show up. We don't need a building. We don't need... Uh, we need the kids. Yeah. And so this train exists because these kids show up every single day. And they show up with the best attitude, super excited, ready to go, backpacks on, liters of water, little fruit. That was like a big mission to switch from like fruit Uh, like water, like to go from Coca-Cola and chips to water and fruit. That was like that took a whole year, and now it's like dun dun dun, you know. Um, Lesquina started because the founders, when they decided to build these Airbnbs, and the kids showed up, and they saw the magic of this project, and they, and they paid for the plans, they paid the time, they did everything. They were ready to go to build these Airbnbs. That was going to be their business, how they survived in Tulum, how they made their money, how everything. Four years ago, in the center of Tulum. And when they saw the kids and saw the magic and the train that had kind of left the station, they knew that if, if they built, the project would end. And so they donated the space, they donated the land and started Los Amigos de la Esquina. And we've just taken that and run with it. And we've had so many people be like, oh yeah, I'll help you build this. And it didn't wear anything. There was five different architect projects that came and went and left and this or that, you know, we did like, like the first rock ceremonies like to inaugurate. And then it was like, nope, that disappeared. And then um, uh, a blogger from Mama and he had been looking to build a school in Mexico. And we're like, hello. And through meetings and this or that, he raised the majority of the money to build the school. And so it was a fundraising campaign. Fundraising campaign. Everything we have is through private funds. Everything. Absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, plus um, different donation campaigns that we've done, plus donations for people all over the world from all of this. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is so cool. So yeah, the community or all community. the pe 100%. people all over the world. Mm -hmm. uh, like... Uh, donated a little bit yeah. uh, so that this amazing beautiful school building with two classrooms and an open um, yeah community space is now there it's it's, there. it's so cool and so uh, people who are listening now and who might not travel to Tulum soon or who do not do not live here and cannot support the project with activities or whatsoever um, how can they support really um, either through direct donations or becoming one of our ambassadors and our ambassadors are people who see that we've posted like a new link to like a crowdfunding thing or things like that and help us repost who tell people about the project um, so maybe you're not in a position where you can give um, but really to like for people to consider like oh no I can't give or this or that like the extra money we have is $20 a month if you give us five bucks Well, now, you know what I mean? Like, that's a percentage. That's a big percentage of what we have. 
Um, and so that, that that's that's what we talk about, like showing up. You know, like there's days that we showed up and like literally we would just like open. We used to have a little library. We're gonna open a new one again. Like after construction, and everything we kind of lost that, but you know. And there's days where it was just like, okay, no, like we're just gonna open the library and the kids are gonna read, or we're just gonna go to the park where today we're just, you know, because it doesn't matter if this thing about being the best, donating the most. Oh, if I can't donate five hundred dollars, then oh, no, like you donate five, sick. Mm-hmm. You know, if you could tell a friend like, oh, hey, look at this really cool project. Oh, hey, you're traveling to Tulum. I saw this project on Instagram. Like, why, you know, like that could be something really fun, you know, things like that. Um, so either direct donations or being part of our ambassadors. And I think right now the world is looking for community. I think like the position where I was four years ago where I felt so alone and so isolated. And so, you know, that was like a self-imposed, like I, like there was like a self-imposed quarantine for myself, you know, where I just got trapped in this, in this loop of like, I'm not good enough. Like I can't help. Like I, I don't, I don't know anyone. I don't have any connections. Um, and because of that, I can't do anything because I just self-isolated, you know? And so now you take that plus all the pressures of the things that have happened in this last year. It's like, okay, no, no, no. Like pause. Like, there is community here. There is authentic people. They're doing amazing, wonderful things, doing gardens and, you know, masters of yoga that, like, are trying to help us, like, certify some of our older, like, teenagers now to be yoga masters. You know, like, here, all that matters is that you show up. You show up in, in whatever way possible. That's all that matters. You know, and if, if Lesquina isn't something that calls to you directly or Tulum doesn't call to you directly, like, look around in your life, like, what, where can you just show up? Five minutes, you know, five minutes, five dollars, like, it doesn't, like, doing a little bit every single day is, much, you know, I'd rather have a person that says, like, hey, I'm going to donate five bucks a month than someone that's like, here, take sixty dollars and never talk to me again. You know, because... The idea isn't just the donation, it's it's the community. You know, being a part of something that is so magical. So magical that like you you get to be a part of that magic, that you get to you get to see this like this face when this kid when the, the balloon expanded with the science project, to see that face. And to know that in one way or another you you had a part in that. And like if someone had recorded me and seen my smile, my smile was probably ten times as big as this kid's smile. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, like I still talk about it. Like ten years later, I like start to cry of like yeah. how amazing that moment was. Yeah, wonderful. Um, yeah. yeah, to be to be more long term part of this. Exactly. And not just yeah. Yeah, and if you can only give once, that's awesome too. You know, because Beautiful. it just you just show up. So. Give us a little bit more of these magical moments. So, which activity love the kids the most? Oh my God. Uh, let's see. They love going to the park and playing soccer and playing basketball. Oh, so I have like, and rugby, we play rugby with them too. <laughs> and so like, I have like this little five-year-old girl like playing rugby and she'll like look at me, she'll be like, help. And I'll just like pick her up and we'll run together and like we'll play rugby together. <laughs> Or, it sounds oh my, like a lot of fun. It's so much fun. Or there was this one moment. Sorry, I have dogs and the dogs. So, uh, but there's one moment. Um, one of the art teachers was like, I really just want to teach them more techniques. I want to teach them the older kids techniques for painting. You know, so they can keep their same creativity, but have a little bit more, um, so more tools in their toolbox. You know, so she taught them about color palettes and this and that, things that I've never heard of. You know. And that was for the older, the older girls. We have an older girls art club. <laughs> the next day we had art for all of the kids, you know, ages five through 16 are the kids that showed up that day. 
and we were going to do more painting and art and stuff like that. So I was like, who remembers what we learned yesterday? And the older, and we learned this and this, and this is how you hold the brush. And this is how you do, you know, raising their hands, like rapid fire. And I was like, oh my God, you know? And so we set all the kids up to, to paint these, um, to make, uh, to make necklaces. Um, so they were coloring these little things. And there was four adults because that day there was like 20 kids. So we're like, okay, like we're all there to help. And we gave the indications and they all sat and there was silence for an entire hour because all the kids were just so like, like collectively in the zone painting kids, 20 children from ages five to 16 painting in complete silence. Another moment that was really, really special to me. Um, so the first kid that came, his name is Giovanni. He just kind of sat quietly next to me and put his head on my shoulder. And I was like, all right. And I had some snacks that I had packed and I was like, hey, Giovanni, like, are you hungry? And he's like, no, thanks. And he goes, wait, what do you have? <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I have like some like cucumbers and some carrots. He's like, okay. And so I hand him the Tupperware. He's like, I'm going to go downstairs and share with the rest of the kids. I was like, what? You know, and so this is what we talk about, like, like, they already know, like, these kids know everything they need to know, you know, my, my role in this is just to give more opportunities for them to show the things that they know. But like, what kid do you offer cucumbers and carrots? And the first thing he says is like, let me go share with everyone else. I know that what they probably did is that they cut everything in half so that everyone could have some, you know. And like, that's just how they work. That's just, you know, they like look at everyone. They're like, okay, we have this. How do we make this work for as many people as possible? Mm -hmm. And you know, like- So these kids know community. These kids live community. These kids are community. These kids are like one of our girls, uh, she, she was turning 10. She decided that she wanted to organize a birthday party for all of the kids for her 10th birthday at Lisquina, right? And how she went about doing that was messaging and calling and talking to all of the volunteers and being like, so can you bring a piñata? Oh, no, not even asking. Like, so you're bringing a piñata on Saturday, right? Oh, you're bringing candy. Oh, you're bringing this. She planned an entire party for all of the kids by herself, you know? And like, we would get calls from the volunteers like, hey, so Yolanda just told me that she's having a party and I'm bringing a piñata. We're like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's what's happening, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> And she did it and she planned a whole birthday party for all of the kids that she loves so much. Thank you. Thank you for sharing these yeah. amazing moments. And um, so you're surrounded basically day by day with your babysitting agency and uh, La Esquina with kids. So yeah. what would you say have you learned from the kids? To be more practical. To be more practical and to lower expectations. Um, expectations of myself really because like it was this day you know the first science period like oh the science turtle and this uh, you know and it's like at the end the kids ended up learning more than what i thought i could teach but felt so inadequate because oh i couldn't do you know to be really really intentional with my words and with my actions and with my thoughts every single thing i do i say you know i don't tell them like oh like climb don't climb there don't do that it's like okay our feet go on the ground You know, like, oh, don't eat this, don't eat that. It's like, no, here we eat, you know, fruits and vegetables and, and to be an example in that and to, to show that and to show examples of being auto-regulated when like, I feel like, you know, it's not easy to manage a group of like 20 to 50 children, ages five to 16, like that are running, you know, you know and to learn techniques for myself to be auto-regulated and make them feel safe. Um, 
I think those are the, the, the bigger things. And like I've strived so much to, to learn more about myself and to delve into maybe like things from the past or biases that I have or judgments about myself and really, really sit and learn and, 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 and work through those. Because that way when I show up to these kids, like I am the best version I can offer myself. It's like, and I want them to continue being their best version. So it's like my responsibility is just to keep up with them, you know, and and, and to be to be the person that I, I, I want to see, you know, and I know that sounds like really, really cliche, but it's like if I want to see a Tulum where there's calm and there's peace and there's love and where there is acceptance, then <laughs> in my world, I have to be calm and peaceful and accepting and, 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 and of myself. So when the kids also yeah taught you to be a little bit more um intentional so does that also like um expand into your other project because i introduced you as a doer because yeah. you are you are full of ideas you're full of projects so maybe you also want to share a little bit about yeah what you're on next to yeah. uh, your babysitting agency in la esquina yeah so when i came to tulum i was dreadfully dreadfully in the closet you know i didn't like the word I just it didn't ever connect with me and so uh, just a lot of things were happening you know until one day this one like 12 year old girl comes out as a uh, comes out as bi and I just felt like oh my god like me too but I'm not here to help you because I've been quiet and in that moment I was like what am I doing I was like I need to stuff this up like you know like because how cool would have been when I was her age to have someone be like oh yeah you know and And to be that example and to be that person and to see her like by herself, quote unquote, you know, and she was doing fine. Like she was doing great. She had a girlfriend. She was doing everything. And I was like sitting there like in a corner, like hating myself and like rolling around in my Catholic guilt about like, oh, people are going to, you And that was when I was like, I am done. You know what I mean? And I, I now I'm fully like, I, I identify as a very queer woman, woman, um, um, Even woman is a little bit flexible sometimes, which is kind of cool to just be able to like live, live in that authenticity and to and to just love who you are. And so um, I realized that like the things I love to do the most, you know, like being outdoors and 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 like camps and all of these different kinds of things. I was like, well, what if I offer this opportunity to other queer women or bi women or people who are trans or people who identify as non-binary? Um, To come to Tulum, and so I'm in the process of uh, uh, launching the the initiation, the very first class of Camp Violet Jungle. So it's going to be a camp style retreat for for adults who identify in all of these this these ways um, to come like stand a paddleboard at sunset at the lagoon and to dance like Noah's watching and to wear whatever you want to wear that you never got to wear at like formal dances at school or at camp or to, you know, like feeling uncomfortable, like, oh, having to wear this type of bathing suit or having like to just liberate all of those biases that were like kind of thrown at us as kids that maybe we didn't have the words or the permission. To, to be different and if you were brave enough to be different that like I have so many friends who were brave who did came come out early and they like wow you know like they really rolled through it they really got like the first pile of pile of shit thrown at them you know and 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 this is a little bit of like homage and tribute to all of those people that came before me who 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 allowed it 
to be possible for me to live this authentically, mm-hmm. you know, like for the founders of the NGO to be a queer, a gay couple, you know, and to still like for me to still be wrapped up in all of this uh, in the past. And now it's like, yeah, like we're all gay, you know, and, and it's really great. And so I'm really, really excited um, to do that. And the idea is to do multiple of these projects and to filter some of the funds mm-hmm. that come from there back into Lesquina, as well as different queer community projects that I'm launching here in Tulum. We're going to launch a queer woman's breakfast in the next couple weeks um, and to just do that with frequency to have uh, a queer community here that isn't just based on like the parties or this or that, but really, really based on like, hey, like, what's your business? How can we help? Oh, hey, like we have this or renting apartments or where can you go or where can you live that, um, you know, that you are safe and loved and, and be authentic. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that, that's the next wow. thing in the works amazing so so cool so whatever info you have about that i will also put it in the show notes so that the people already know where to find that and amazing really really cool and i have some yeah two like last questions for you so you know that when you drive from the highway into tulum there Mm -hmm. are like these huge billboards which are normally advertising the new steakhouse or uh, i don't know whatever eco chic apartment uh fake label right here um you can invest in um so if you would could be able to advertise on one of these billboards these huge billboards what would you put on them either something along the lines of like find your community or live your authentic life um, and you know linking them back to Lesquina or to these events that we're putting on and things like that and there's so many people that are doing incredible things here in Tulum incredible things you know if you like gardening there's a place for you if you like photography if you anything you like um, and so just to be able to reflect that Tulum is a place where you can be your most authentic self um, and revel in it you know, not to be mild and meek and embarrassed, but like really, truly just shine. Um, I think so, yeah. And I think community is a big part of that. To, to, to feel like you belong, I think is very, is very rare. Um, it can take a lot of time and Tulum kind of lets you accelerate that if you, if you let it. Yeah. You know, if you let it, you're going to find the most amazing people. Yeah. Because you'll be your most amazing self. And everyone is a mirror, you mm-hmm. know, like the people... Um, the people that you bring into your life are a mirror of what you want, who you are, what you want to be. Um, yeah, wonderful. And yeah. I can just totally agree on that because also this is a feeling I have always when I'm here in Tulum, connecting with people who are also here, coming from maybe a different country, maybe just not from Tulum, but in Mexico from another place. So being here new with these ideas, with these visions, with these plans and 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 like like me right so i feel totally connected to the place to them and this is community and this totally. is this is this is such a essential part of tulum and 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 also why why i love it so much to be here yeah. if you could only use one single word what would it be if you would describe tulum just put tulum in one single word a wave i think tulum is a wave I think either it'll roll you or you'll jump over it or you'll go under or you'll surf it. Um, but it's kind of up to you. You know, when I got here, I was rolled. I was rolled and rolled and rolled and I would come back up like like sand in my eyes, like, like water up my nose, like in my brain, you know. And to just keep trying and trying. And now sometimes like sometimes I go under, sometimes I go over and sometimes I, I surf it, you know. 
um, and the the roles become they still happen you know because that would be weird if they didn't but man like they it's very different now like when I get rolled I get rolled and like I'm picked up by a couple people and they like throw some like some of the clean water in my face and we and we keep going I love that this is amazing and it's so so true it's so so true yeah so um, is there anything you would all like to share before we close our conversation today just to really like anyone who's who's moving here or is excited about being here you know like one time when I moved here my cousin accused me of being too American and I didn't understand I got really upset you know and now when I meet other people I'm like ah I get it you know and it's I guess the way to define it is to When you come in here with lots of expectations and and lots of preconceived notions and lots of fears and lots of ah, you know and that your brain isn't looking at the present and i think that is something that took me a really long time to understand i think if like to have a t someone tell you that like hey, hey 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 like deep breath like we tell the kids like smell the flower blow out the candle like and to just exist exist in this space first And then make choices. But first, just exist. Nothing more, nothing less. Just just sit in it. Yeah. Let the wave hit you. Because <laughs> that's the only way you're gonna you're gonna figure out what it actually is important to you. Yeah. Well said, well said. Wonderful. So um, if people want to connect with you, know more about you, how and where can they yeah. connect the best? Oh my God. Okay. So well, for each project, uh, for Los Amigos de la Esquina, um, it's uh, ladle, LA, like ladle.mx. Um, I know you'll post all of that. Uh, for Camp Violet Jungle, same thing, Camp Violet Jungle on Instagram. Um, my personal one is private, but hey, if you're cool, send me a message. Um, it's anna.soul, like the sun, .mx, because that's how we do Mexican websites here. It's like punto .mx. Uh, and so those are those are the bigger ways to, to connect with us. And of course, the babysitting agency is Anana Babysitting Tulum. If you even just Google Babysitting Tulum, we'll pop right up on there. Um, and just come by, get to know, get to know us, get to know these amazing projects that are that are around, you know? Yay, super cool. Thanks yeah, so much for course. sharing yeah, all this and your story and this super fun chat. And especially thank you for motivating the next generation with your positive energy. Thank you so much. It's thank been, you. It's awesome. It's so much fun. Thank you so much. I had a great time talking to you. <laughs> Me too. And I hope also the listeners enjoyed that and will come and volunteer yes. at Daiskina. Come teach us things. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Anna. No, thank you so much, Marietta. I appreciate it. I hope this episode inspired you to live your dream and explore the world in your own unique way. Tune in soon for another inspiring story from the women living in Tulum, Mexico. Hasta pronto. Your Tulumi Niña.